This is Max Q, the podcast by Peabody's Launchpad office dedicated to demystifying what life is like after graduation. Every episode, we sit down with a recent Peabody alumni to get their take on what life is like for working artists in today's world. Multifaceted careers, time management, finances, finding balance between your work and your life. We explore that and more on the Max Q podcast. Hi, everyone. Rob McGinnis here. To celebrate one of our interviewees who just won a Grammy, we're going back into our archives to bring you a short bonus episode. When we first recorded this interview in January 2019, Michael Repper was just finishing up his doctorate in conducting at Peabody and has since graduated, receiving his degree in 2022. Michael is the music director of the Ashland Symphony Orchestra, the Mid-Atlantic Symphony Orchestra, the Northern Neck Orchestra of Virginia, and the New York Youth Symphony. I know I see a lot of both my peers and, and current students struggling with is, is not just actually doing networking, but even how to think about networking or where to start. I think that when I mean networking, I, I think I learned a long time ago with music that if you, <clears throat> if you show up to a job or a gig and you are the most prepared person in the room um, and you're a joy to, and you're, you're capable and you're able to perform the job well and you do perform well um, and you're a joy to work with, people like working with you, then the people with whom you worked are going to be more than happy to recommend you for what the next thing is. And sometimes it's a little bit perilous or um, perilous is the wrong word, but um, nerve wracking because in music, you might not never know when your next thing is going to be. But I think I've found that um, your next thing will come. Your next thing will come so long as for every job that you do, you make sure that you're always extremely prepared, that you're always ready to go and that you're not causing drama. Um, and that's how you network. I think that you don't really network in music by, um, or you can't really network successfully in music by going to a concert and making sure that you talk to the, to the director or you talk to the, the music director or whatever, whatever that is. Of course you can meet people that way, but the way that you really become, um, uh, able to build your network is by starting small, making sure that you're you're doing you know good work on a small scale, and then somebody is going to ask somebody at that small scale organization who they might recommend to take over the next big thing, and then the next big thing, and the next big thing, and then you you end up growing that way. So I didn't really ever think about my networking as a networking thing. I just it, it ended up just sort of happening naturally because I um, would show up for a job and. Um, uh, it's entirely possible that I wasn't the best person there, but I can assure you that I was the most prepared person there. And that's because when I was here at Peabody, especially my first year, first year and a half, I would wake up at, you know, four thirty or five in the morning to study scores. And when I went into the class, I made sure that I, I was the most prepared that I could possibly be. Um, and that was noticed by teachers and, and that led to me being recommended for other sorts of things. And, ended up working for professional organizations here in town. Um, and you know, that led to the next thing and then the next thing and then the next thing. Um, and in music, you can, you, it's like a house of cards. You can, the whole thing can come crumbling down in one fell swoop. If you show up to a job and you're unprepared because then not only are they not going to recommend you, but you know, the person who probably 
um, got your name is probably going to go back to the person who recommended you and say, hey, you know, that guy, you know, was not at all prepared. Um, so don't recommend him anymore. Um, so I, I think that's all that it is in music. There, there are plenty of opportunities to work and don't think too hard about it. I think you just have to also start small. I think for a lot of conductors too, there's a lot of, um, nervousness about how, oh, I, I get right out of school and immediately I must become the assistant conductor of the Chicago Symphony or the Baltimore Symphony or something like that. Um, I, I took a different strategy um, and time will tell if it will pay off for me. But my strategy was to start small, take over community organizations, take over um, uh, youth orchestras, things like that, um, where I could really get my feet wet, learn repertoire um, in, a, in a less stressful environment and build an organization. And my hope is that is that that gets noticed by the next level. How do you keep a balanced schedule? Because you, you talked about the importance, especially for conductors, but I think this goes for everyone, of just being able to balance practice and uh, rehearsal and... And life. And life. Yeah, you need to have a life. And, uh, you know, uh, exercise, yeah. feeding yourself properly. Yeah, um, yeah, 100%. I mean, I could be doing a lot more exercise than I am doing, so I can't say that I'm necessarily budgeting the exercise part of that. Um, uh, as a musician, this is super important. You And there's no excuse in 2019 now. Um, you, you must keep uh, you know, a, a calendar. And it's funny because I accidentally missed this uh, interview. We were supposed to have this interview yesterday and I accidentally messed that up. So it's kind of ironic. But um, I think that um, you absolutely must keep an online calendar that is up to date. And when somebody asks you to do something, you absolutely must take out your calendar and put it in and it's there and you check it every single day. You check it a week ahead of time because there's, if there's one thing that's going to kill you as a musician, it's forgetting to show up for a rehearsal or not being prepared because you, you didn't realize, you know, whatever it is. So in the age of Google calendars and iCal and whatever else, there's, there's no excuse to not keep your calendar up to date. Um, and I still come across musicians who, have to back out of things at the last possible minute. And there's nothing that makes a conductor want to work less with somebody than being confirmed for something for three months and then having to back out. So, um, so that, so that's something. Um, and then with that in mind, you know, as musicians, we're, we're project completers, we work on projects and there's something beautiful about that because, you know, um, uh, working musicians are, um, aren't necessarily required to work every day. Um, you have to work to finish the projects that you're working on and you have to do a good job on them. And that's beautiful to me because, um, as so long as you're budgeting the time and, and completing it at your own pace, you know, days can be vacations if you want them to be, or you can, you can elect that from every day from 12 to 2 PM is going to be off time for you. And that's something that a lot of nine to five employees don't get to say. Um, so Everybody works very, very differently, obviously, um, but I think it's just a matter of keeping track of what your what your projects are. For me, I have a hard time thinking about things that are more than a month away. Obviously, giant projects you have to start working on ahead of time, and you, especially if it's something I'm playing the piano on, you have to work on it much, much more ahead of time. Um, but my brain works better in the immediate here's what I have coming up in four weeks. Okay. It's time to start working on whatever that is such that, you know, I have four weeks to synthesize the information and I'm really prepared to go. Um, and then on onward from there. Um, and I think also as a musician, you have to be prepared enough on your scheduled things such that you can accept a last minute 
offer if it comes your way. It's not smart as a musician to only be preparing for things that you have coming up in three days. Because if you are already prepared for the thing that's coming up in three days and then somebody asks you if you're available to come to a rehearsal right now to do something, you actually have the time to do that and not sacrifice the other thing. So it's important to plan enough ahead of time such that you can always be available if anybody asks. And the more that you work, the more that you find that actually happens. Um, and again, it all just comes down to how prepared are you? Are you the most prepared person in the room? Um, it's kind of a strange analogy, but I, I always I always remember... Um, yeah, I don't know how many people will have actually seen this movie, but I really, really like it. It's a Disney movie about um, the uh, U.S. hockey team, the U.S. Olympic hockey team called Miracle. It's about the miracle on ice from the Lake Placid Olympics. And there's a scene, um, it, you know, the, the whole storyline is how, about how the, the Soviet Union has won the uh, ice hockey at the Olympics for decades and decades and decades. And um, they're, they're sending, you know, professional players or people who have played on the same team for 30 years and they're all, you know, in their late 30s or whatever. And the United States is sending rookies who are all mostly in college, you know, so they're 18, 19, 20. They're from whole different colleges, so they, they're not used to playing with each other. And they're giant underdogs. And the coach, Herb Brooks, he said, I cannot guarantee you that you will be the best team at Lake Placid but I can guarantee you that you will be the best conditioned team at Lake Placid because they have control over that. They have control over how much they exercise. They had control over how much they prepare. Um, and that was one of the comments from that 1980 Olympics was that they were the most conditioned team. They were able to keep up with the Soviets. So as musicians, we have that option. We have the option of being the most prepared person in the room. Um, and even if your technique might be not as good as somebody who has 20 years experience on you. You also can't really expect yourself to have the technique of somebody 20 years more experienced than you. But you have the option to be more prepared. So that's what people notice. For their debut recording of works by Florence Price, Jesse Montgomery, and Valerie Coleman, Michael and the New York Youth Symphony received the Best Orchestral Performance Award, the first time this award has been given to a youth orchestra. We've added a link to check it out in the show notes, as well as links to learn more about Michael. Michael. 